what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome back to My Dad Watches The Bachelor. I'm Meredith, and I'm here with my co-host, my dad. Good morning, Meredith. Hey, Dad. How are you doing? I'm doing good today. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. It's a bright, sunny morning here where I am. It looks sunny where you are, too. I'm I'm excited to talk about hometowns. You know, this is your specialty as a dad, as a parent. Like, these are your people. You can relate. I, I, I certainly can relate to the concerns that they've got as they uh, – Talk to a future potential son-in-law, yes. So, uh, of course, as I've told you, I I would never want to personally be in this situation. I would not be happy if uh, you were on this show or your brother was on the other show. And I, you know, I, I would not like to get uh, my feet dirty in this show. But uh, I, I I've got some thoughts. I was hoping you would have some thoughts. So. Should we get right into our highs? Certainly. Let's let's talk about our highs. I've, my my first high was Michelle's virtual classroom with all of her little kids who were grilling Matt James with some pretty tough questions. I also put that as a high. I love little kids. I think they're super cute. I thought it was fun to get to see them ask the hard questions. You know, how many girlfriends do you have? Is Michelle going to get a rose? Are you going to get married? And Matt seemed to handle it pretty well, I think. Matt Matt seemed to handle it like a very savvy politician. He didn't <laughs> really answer any of those questions. He was he was really uh, ducking and dodging very well. See, my thoughts when I saw Michelle's Zoom class was this was filmed in October, September, October, November. So I'm like, they're so excited to see Michelle, who abandoned them in the middle of a school year. Like, and, and what parents are giving signing off on these permission slips to allow their children to be on a Zoom on national television and ask their teacher very inappropriate questions that you should not be asking your teacher. Well, these parents are pulling out their hair saying, my God, when are you going to get back to school? They're going to put you on a show. Sure, I'll sign it. Just put something in front of me. I'll sign it. If that's another hour or so that's going to keep you occupied, I'm happy. <laughs> okay, I guess that's fair. I've never had small children, so I can't relate to that. But I imagine it's not that fun, especially in a pandemic. I, I will say that they, they certainly, you, know, you say that Michelle abandoned them, and I, and I guess to some degree she did, but she certainly seemed to have pretty good rapport with them. I mean, uh, you know, as soon as they saw one another, they, they, they seemed to have a really good connection. So so there's that. Yeah, I, I had that as a high as well. I also put a high for Michelle's date was that her family had a nice uh, friendly game of post-dinner basketball. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, our family doesn't do that. You know, we're not the most we're like decently athletic, but we're never like, let's go shoot some hoops after dinner. And I thought it showed that uh, her family was pretty cool. Matt fit in well. 
Well, and, and and I was impressed. Of course, this could be bachelor editing, but it seemed that Michelle and her mom seemed to have a little bit of game. You know, they were knocking down a few shots. And uh, you know, for all we know, those might have been the only shots that they made over the course of, of 30 minutes. But uh, uh, they made it look like uh, Michelle looks like a pretty athletic person. I mean, she was the one that at the end of the last show was doing push-ups to make sure her arms were uh, looking appropriate for, for the shot. So I, I think, I think there's something there with Michelle. So. I think that we know she's a college athlete. I don't remember if it was basketball or volleyball, but I think it was one of those. So. Well, I, I, I you, you can see that. I mean, from, from, from a physical perspective to me, she matches up well with Matt. They both seem to be very athletic and she seems to be a pretty tall person. He's a very tall person. So they, 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 they look like they should be a couple. Yeah. Out of the final four, I think Michelle is my favorite. I think she she seems the most fun out of all of them. You know, our blooper at the end was, again, a machine, uh, a scene with Michelle where they're crashing their bikes into each other and having a grand old time. And she just seems more goofy than the show ever lets on. And and I I don't know if she is who Matt will pick, but I think out of all four of them, that is his best chance of having a relationship work. Okay. Um, another, so another high for me. And, and I asked you the question before we started who, who you thought the scariest parents were, because these are, these are all the hometown dates. And because of the pandemic, we're not actually going to the hometowns. The parents are coming to our resort here in Pennsylvania. So we're getting to meet all these parents and who the, I, I asked you who you thought the scariest parents were. For a high, I put, uh, and, and I guess this comes from my, my dad perspective, I put Rachel's dad because I thought he was asking the tough questions and taking the position of a few weeks isn't really a long enough time to know whether you should get married, which from a dad perspective, I, I relate and I agree with that. And I think he also said, it's hard to care about someone when you're seeing other people. Pretty wise dad uh, thoughts there, I thought. So uh, so what do you think there? Um, I felt uncomfortable watching all of Rachel's date, just knowing everything that's been going on post-show, behind the scenes. I was just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop to be like, oh, this is, this is not good. I'd never really had that moment. Like if I was watching without knowing what happened, I would have thought it was a fine date. But knowing everything, I just – Felt very uncomfortable. So I, I couldn't really give you an unbiased answer for who I thought was the scariest parent because uh, I was I already was going to pick Rachel's family before the show even aired. As the scariest parents before you met them? Yes. Okay. All right. I was well, worried for Matt. <laughs> well, I, I felt a little bit of that as well. And, and you, you know, I sort of felt that we were – walking on eggshells a bit, but we got through that. And as you said before the sh- uh, before we started the podcast, maybe that was just the right editing that they did. But uh, uh, I, you know, I I tend to agree with, with Rachel's dad that everything's moving very fast here. This is not the way that I'd want my daughter to get engaged. I see that you're rolling your eyes, but that's how I feel. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's The Bachelor and they knew what show she was going on. This is how it works. And someone gets engaged at the end usually, and then it usually doesn't end in a marriage. So they really don't have that much to worry about. The 
I think the engagement at the end of The Bachelor is more of a let's keep dating in the real world and see if it goes well. And if we last two years, we get this really expensive Neil Lane ring to keep. It's not really a marriage proposal. Okay, fine. Uh, you're, you're just blowing the whole the whole show out of the water, but uh, that's fine. Uh, the the last high that I've got, and 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 this this is my the person that I thought was the scariest parent <laughs> was Bree's mom. I yeah I I thought, and, and she we we get to meet Bree's one year old sister, mm-hmm. baby sister, and. You know, I'm I'm not the kind of person who really wants to pry into people's private lives, but I can find myself saying, "What's going on here? I'd like to know more about Bree's mom and 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 what's going on here." That you know, Bree's what 23, 24, 25 years old. She's got a one year old sister. Uh, you know, her mom is a pretty strong person that that was was grilling Matt pretty well as also. So I I, I found her to be a very mysterious, interesting character that I'd like to know more about. And I also found her scary. I enjoyed Bree's mom. I, I, I'll talk about her later, but I enjoyed her. My last high was Serena's Canada date. Um, I, I liked that she was one of – Michelle sort of did this, but Serena was like, I can't take you to Canada, so I'm going to bring Canada to you. And the guys of Tasha's season did this last year for their hometown dates where they kind of did like a, a mock setup of what it would have been like. You know, Bree and Rachel were just like, let's do something fun. But Serena's like, I'm going to bring Canada to you. And I thought it was very fun and playful. Um, I've been to Canada twice in my life, so I, I felt familiar with with some of the things that she was showing. Um, do you like poutine? Have you had it before? I, I don't think I – if I've had it before, it did not make any – it didn't register with me. Oh, I had it multiple times when I was in Quebec almost two years ago, and it is disgusting. I don't know why they like it so much, and I think Matt had to have been lying because it's like, why do you want to ruin French fries – with gravy and cheese curds. What? Yeah, I, I was intrigued by that. I mean, I, I, I would try that. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big, uh, you know, I don't even really put ketchup on my fries. I'm more of a, you know, put some, put a good amount of salt on them and I'm good to go. But uh, I do like the cheese. So, uh, so I'd, I'd give that a shot. And another thing I want to ask you about um, that I noticed during Serena's Canada date what do you call a winter hat? Um, I guess it depends on the type of hat. But yes, I often do call it a toboggan. Uh, I do too. And I've had this conversation with people in the past. You know, I I have a cousin, your niece, that lives in Denver, Colorado. And she and I had this conversation a few months ago, actually, about how it is a North Carolina thing to call your winter hat a toboggan because everyone else thinks that a toboggan is a sled. And I started freaking out when Matt said it. Cause I was like, he's from North Carolina too. Like this is, this is a real like insightful thing that I've realized that all of these North Carolinians call their winter hats toboggans. And everyone thinks that we're insane. Well, you're, you're, you're really ripping the lid off this one and, and your, your investigative journalism is, is really going to bring in a lot of new listeners. So uh, keep up the good work there. You know, it's all in a hard day's work, but 
you know, we're Southerners down here and we don't really get to sled often. So we don't need a toboggan sled. We need a toboggan hat. Well, I, I, I did know the Canadian term, uh, you know, toque, I think it was, because uh, I used to watch Bob and Doug McKenzie's uh, show, but that's that's going to that's gonna date me a bit. So I, I have no familiar. idea what you're talking about. I, well, yeah, Google that one, but uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. But uh, um, it, I thought it was a fine date. I, I'm glad it was somewhat educational. My Canadian geography is not good, so I, I thought uh, I thought Matt did a pretty good job there. Yeah, I didn't even remember that Serena was from Canada until the state happened. <laughs> I, I really didn't either. So, um, it would have been interesting if we would have actually gotten to go to Canada had things been normal. Yeah, well, it's they're they're doing the best they can, but I, I'm sure that uh, they 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 must be saving some money on this show, and that uh, you know the travel budget's been totally slashed there. I'm sure they're running up some nice bills at these resorts, but I, I got to think they are saving some money. Yeah. Most likely, but, you know, I'm sure they saved a lot of money at La Quinta because that place was a crap hole compared to Nima Colon. <laughs> okay. Well, that place was a crap hole. Okay. All right. Uh, Should we talk about ahead. our lows? Let's do it. Okay. I only have one low, and it is Matt starting his skydiving date by saying, what could possibly go wrong? Like, Why would you ever say that before doing something scary? That's just stupid. You're asking for trouble. You're asking for your girlfriend to get smashed in the face right into the ground. Well, you know, the, I, I had the sky. I didn't have that part of the skydiving date as a low, but I did have it as a low just because of, uh, you know, poor Rachel did get mashed. And the, the thing that struck me was it looked like the guy that she was attached to looked like he was like 12 years old. You know, he he did not. I would. He, he did not inspire a great deal of confidence in me if if I was going to try skydiving. And and I'm sort of intrigued about trying skydiving. But you're going to attach me to this this kid that's not starting to shave yet. That makes me a little bit nervous. You know. So, and she went down hard, and and it looked like the the guy attacked the uh, attached to her sort of rolled and and then. Put his full weight on her. If that happened to Tom Brady in an NFL game, the defender that did that to Tom Brady would probably be suspended for three weeks if uh, if uh, she if he landed on her like that. So, um, you know, the, the whole skydiving thing and poor Rachel, I, I found to be a low. Of course, this was her choice. This was her date. So that I, I guess uh, I shouldn't feel that bad about it. But uh, it was pretty scary. Yeah, you know, I don't really enjoy the comparison of Rachel and Tom Brady. I think that they're two very different levels of Republican, uh, one being that I'm in love with one of them. Uh, but, you know, teach their own. I I, am also intrigued by skydiving, but watching Rachel's crash landing makes me less intrigued by it. I didn't realize that, like, the most dangerous part was getting on the ground rather than like, jumping out of the plane, but... I I think that Rachel maybe should have done something more Georgia related for her hometown date and then she wouldn't have had a bruised up face that she had to cover in makeup to hide from her parents. Well, she's 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 pretty good with the makeup or or the or the bachelor staff is pretty good with the makeup cuz I couldn't really 
notice the bruised up face, although she was pretty darn disheveled uh, when we saw her uh, sitting on the ground with Matt after the uh, after her landing. And yeah, she, she was. Grass in her hair and just sort of, you know. She I, seemed I, I a little know. out of it. Yeah, I don't know if we need to put her through the concussion protocol or, or what there, but uh, we might have to take her to the blue tent, so I don't know. <laughs> All right, do you have any other lows? Well, I I did write down, you know, the – they, they, the bachelor people put on these advertisements and there was one for seniors looking for love that bothered me, you know, and I just sort of said, let's, let's put a hard no on that. You know, I just don't think we need a bachelor show for seniors looking for love. Um, I agree. That makes me a little uncomfortable. I'm not really sure. I don't really know what is considered a senior. Cause I would say in bachelor nation, you, Dad, could be a senior, uh, but also is it more of a grandparent senior? And either way, I have no interest in anything fantasy suite related for either age. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. To me, I don't want to see that or think about it or know it exists. Well, I'm, I, the, the AARP has been sending me uh, membership information for several years now. I've not returned it quite yet, but uh, um, I'm, I'm, I just don't think we need to go there. I, I, I would just like to put a stop to it at this time. Okay, that's, I think that's fair. So, right reason You touched on this a little, but I put Bree's mom, Lauren, as our right reason of the episode. You know, she had some great quotes. One was, you know, worst case scenario, we'll be mending your broken heart together, but we'll survive. And she just seemed like a very nice and genuine mom. And I liked the conversation she had with Bree about falling in love with Matt And it kind of reminded me of types of conversations that I have with my mom. And if someone reminds me of my mom, then that means they're a good person. Well, your mom is going to be happy to hear that. And and I I, uh, thought that she asked good questions. I thought that she was pretty aggressive in uh, questioning Matt. But, you know, that's okay. That's what moms are supposed to do. But... uh, um, I found her, I found her a little bit scary, but, um, you know, but, but I've, I, she seems to be quite the interesting character. And as I said, I'd like to know more uh, about their family. I think that, I think there might be a reality show just about Bree's mom. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that Bree's mom's going to get a reality show before pilot Pete's mom does. Cause if we want scary, crazy mom, pilot Pete's mom is the way to go. Okay. I don't I don't remember Pilot Pete's mom, but okay. okay. You don't remember Pilot Pete's mom? Jeez. It's, that is that was I one of the we podcasted during that season. I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, so uh you know that's that's okay. Maybe you so, would fit in well on the senior bachelor show. So I put for right reason this week, I put I put Serena. And that uh, she sort of figured it out. And, uh, you know, shout out to her sister, Talia, who uh, said, hey, he he doesn't have the it factor for you. He doesn't seem like you're smitten. 
And, uh, you know, Serena, you know, uh, looked at the big picture. This train is moving too fast. It is moving too fast. And she told Matt that you're not the guy for me. And, uh, uh, you know, when, when af- after, their, after their date with her family, uh, you know, Matt is like saying, oh, you just trust me, just trust me. And she's looking at him saying, I'll try to trust you, but she just doesn't seem to really trust him or, or be that into him. There's just, there's something missing. I think that she, I think that she thinks too much to be on this show. She's in a little, her brain's working a little too much. You know, if, if you're going to make this thing work, you can't overthink it. And she's thinking a lot. Yeah, I think that's a fair pick. I think I could tell last week in the uh, tantric yoga date that Serena was just, she's just not that into Matt. And that's okay because he's a boring guy. So you, it's fair. He, he seems like a very nice guy, but uh, you know, just there, there's, there's not a fire there. There's something not clicking there. So uh, I, I appreciate that Serena um, could see it and could speak to it. And, and, uh, and I guess I was almost a little surprised that Matt was so shocked. Yeah. I, I noticed that too. I, I was under the impression we, my roommate and I talked about it before the show. We were like, who do you think is going to get sent home this week? And we both said Serena just cause you know, she doesn't seem to like him as much as he likes her. And then when she was breaking up with him, he just seems so shocked. Um, I don't think he was expecting it. So that leads me to believe that he was planning on keeping her to next week and made me wonder who was actually going to get sent home. So I don't know. All right. Well, I guess that takes us to the wrong reason. Who did you have for the wrong reason? Um, I had Rachel's family just because of everything that's going on and how uncomfortable I felt watching that whole date. Even, you know, we have a crash landing and skydiving all the way to Matt meeting what we now know is um, a racist family. Uh, but he, I, I don't even, I don't know what to say about it. I just felt really weird watching it and it made me uncomfortable. So I, it was an obvious wrong reason for me. I th- I was pleasantly surprised with how it went, but I, it just it feels icky. Well, see, I, I'm I'm not I, I've not done all the research. I've read Rachel's apology, but I, I guess I wasn't ready to necessarily say this is a racist family. I mean, certainly my antenna are up. But I, I guess um, I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I didn't see anything or hear anything that that made me think, oh, you know, you know, I'm going to assume you're a racist, assume this or that. So well, I, I guess I, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. My my perspective is that Rachel grew up in Georgia in a pretty conservative county which we know because I watched a lot of CNN back in November and got to watch all the counties pop up. And they're like, this county, this is red. This will be red. This is always red. And um, I'm trying to give Rachel the benefit of the doubt that maybe she was just ignorant to some of her actions growing up. And that was just normal where she came from, normal among her friend group. But it is learned somewhere. And I would imagine – I learn a lot of my values and actions from you and my mom 
Um, so I'd imagine that's where Rachel's learning a lot of hers. And there have been stories that have come out of uh, about her parents and about them, you know, heavily fundraising for specific companies and organizations that solely support Donald Trump and things that I don't really agree with. So I feel comfortable saying that, and maybe that not racist, that is like a big word, but far right leaning. I I, I hear what you're saying. I I think you need to not get too judgmental too quickly, but uh, I, I, I understand why you would uh, have an eyebrow raised. So uh, uh, I understand that. For my wrong reason, I I'm going with Brie because I think that she's sort of following the Serena path of I'm I'm not totally sure how into Matt she is, you know, and before when when she and Matt were having their date before they met the parents uh, and and they were interviewing Brie on camera, she says she said I'm taking a strong liking to him. And to me that just sounded pretty weak. You know, and and I just found myself thinking, uh, you know, it's pretty late in the game to be having a strong liking for them. You are sounding so hypocritical right now. You're saying that when Rachel's being like, oh, I'm in love with him already. Oh, that's too fast. You don't know him. And then Brie, I'm taking a strong liking to you. It's too late in the game for that, Brie. You should be way past that. Well, I think, you know, on a scale of one to ten, of ten, I'm I'm totally in love with you. And one, I need to leave now. You know, where should we're we're down to four people? Where should you be? I I don't think to to me, I'm taking a strong liking to you is sort of a five. You know, and I think that you're you're supposed to be in a seven. You're supposed to be in an eight now. You know, see, you're you're supposed to be closer to an eight. You know, but uh, she told uh, Matt she was falling in love with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I, I I don't really – you and I picked her to be in the finals. I think you picked her maybe to win. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's I, – I, I like her. I think she seems very nice. I just think that she's not where she – I don't think she's as into Matt as Matt is into her. I'm not sure that Matt is into her. I don't know. I, I see Michelle and, and Rachel as the two, uh, the two finalists here. Uh, and, and I guess I was just getting some vibes from Bree that she's, she's not ready for this. Well, you know, she's ready enough and interested enough to have quit her job at a big tech company that we found out last week. So, I mean, I, if that's not interested, you're just, you're just a picky audience. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of the old school of actually, if we get engaged, we're going to get married and we're going to stay together. So, you know, that's, you know, call me, call me old school, whatever. So, you know, you're, you're more like, Hey, this is a TV show and, you know, engagements don't mean that much and uh, whatever. You do have to suspend reality a bit for this reality television show. Okay. All right. My MVP, we talked about it. Serena dumping Matt. You know, I have not enjoyed Matt as The Bachelor because he's boring. Um, So I enjoyed seeing him get blindsided and dumped. I like Serena. She seems like a fun girl. She seems like the type of energy that we could need for a potential bachelorette down the road. Um, And having a Final Four contestant dump the lead always makes things more interesting. Um, I did feel bad that 
Matt started crying. I think that was the first time all season that we've we've seen Matt cry. Well, I, I I think that's a fine choice, and 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 I I like your your thought that she could be she could pull the show off as as the Bachelorette. She seems to have uh, an energy and enthusiasm about her that I think uh, would serve her well in that role. So, uh, put her on the short list. I I, I like that, and mm-hmm. and uh, and and I didn't mind seeing Matt cry, and 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 I sort I found Matt to be hypocritical in that after he got dumped by Serena and with him seemed so shaken up by it, you know, basically he goes to the rose ceremony and, and to me was sort of trying to give an ultimatum saying, Hey, if you take this rose, you better be in it for the end. Although I'm going to dump two of you, you know, uh, you know the, the, the two of you won't be in it, but you better, you better, uh, you better not dump me. So He's I, 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 his I bets, you know, what's He's that? He's hedging his bets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we did get a listener question uh, because, you know, our listeners can email us at mydadwatchesthebachelor at gmail.com where they can hit us up on our Instagram account. And uh, this one this one came from Susan from Maine. Didn't know we had people in Maine, but apparently we do. She said, that girl almost got killed skydiving. Has anyone been seriously injured on this show? I don't know. I don't watch it as much with you. Any any historical injuries injuries of note? Um, I would not say serious injuries. You know, there's there's like a few bloody things that happen every once in a while. You know, when there's a group date where they have to fight each other, things like that. I think that um, on Ali Fedotowski's season of The Bachelorette, which I did not watch, but I think that someone might have broken their foot on that season. I don't think you know The Bachelor is a pretty safe safe zone. I don't think you have to worry too much about injuries. And uh, I think that Rachel was okay. So I wouldn't call this a serious injury too. It looked worse than I think it was. Um, Before we go on though. Yeah. Speaking of Rachel's injury, I do have an MVP honorable mention. I would like to give out to Rachel's hair and makeup team. As, as we discussed, you know, she, once she got slammed into the ground, she was a mess, you know, hair was a rat's nest, grass everywhere. And then cut away next scene. She looks great. Hair is brushed, no grass in her. Her makeup's touched up, like still laying on the ground, being in pain, but she looks good doing it. And so I don't know if they planned on having like a hair and makeup team down on the ground for a post, uh, post skydiving touch up but they did a good job especially you know one of my friends texted me this Rachel went skydiving with her hair down and not in a ponytail and that's just as women like what are you doing that's just that makes no sense so honorable mention to Rachel's hair and makeup team for the magnificent work that they did post ground slam I'm thinking that the hair and makeup team probably are are as active as the medical team and and, uh, probably more available Probably more active too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, before you close us with some fatherly advice, we need to address something big that's happened this past week. On a lighter note than last last week's big thing, Claire and Dale have been spotted together in Miami. I think we reported a few weeks ago that they broke up. Um, and now they're 
back together? Question mark. I don't know, but they they've been spotted. Um, Claire's posted a few pictures on her Instagram story, and you can see Dale in the background. She seems happier now. Um, my daughterly advice to Claire is to run away from this man. He is bad news. And, and my fatherly advice to Dale is to run away from that woman because she's she's crazy, and uh, they might be back together for a short period of time, but I have a hard time believing it will last. I agree. I would definitely put my money on Tasha and Zach over Clarendale. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that. I agree. All right. So fatherly advice. Well, yeah, th- this is the episode where the the parents play such a big role. So, uh, you know, it, it did strike a few things with me and, you know, parents, they want to protect their kids. And I think as they're having, as the parents are having conversations with the uh, their daughters, that's all they're, they're thinking about. They don't want to see them get their hearts broken. Uh, but, you know, we as parents also know that there's some lessons that, that you and, and younger people have to learn for themselves. Uh, so just know that we'll be there for the good and the bad. You mentioned something that I wrote down as fatherly advice from Bree's mom on the worst case scenario. Uh, we're mending a broken heart, but we'll do it together. And I'll say that I've gotten through issues in my life where I've tried to envision what the worst case scenario is, because I, I always think that uncertainty is, is the worst thing. When you don't know what's going to happen, that's, that was, that's what will make you crazy. So if you can think through the worst outcomes and recognize that you're probably going to get through it, you're going to deal with it, and your parents will be there to help you get through it, it makes things more manageable. And my final piece of advice is that you really shouldn't be in talking engagement with four people at one time because it rarely, really works out. You know, uh, to, to be talking to four ladies or if it's a lady talking to four men, if you're talking to four people about getting engaged at uh, one time, probably not going to work out well for you. To be fair, Matt was not asking for anyone's blessing because he wanted to know who he was going to ask first because he thought that would have been inappropriate. So kudos to Matt there. Well, I'm, and I'm, I'm just talking big picture because we're just getting to a point where this is this is coming to a head. <laughs> well, I think that's all fair advice. I don't have any uh, grievances with any of those. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for today. Join us next week as we talk about the women tell all. Uh, geez, I'm not looking forward to that. Well, and on the preview, it looked like Matt's got some sort of James Harden-like beard thing going on now. It looks like uh, he's been out in the woods for a while. Yeah, well, you know, he likes to chop wood and stuff. So that's that's his vibe. We, we're going to get Queen Victoria back and... Uh, Anna and Brittany, who is not an escort, like, we're, we're going to get to dive right back into all that drama just when we left it at the door. So join us next week as we go through all that from the right perspective and my dad's. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. 
Check us out online at TheMesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.